0: Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories just like yours, and this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Kotzavos. My guest today is Nathan Verkovsky from the Essential Academy. He is the founder, director, and instructor at the Essential Academy, born in the former u s s r and immigrating to Calgary, Alberta with his family as a small child. He started more than 20 more than 30 year journey into martial arts from the age of 15 and 16 he started he started and rose to be ranked number 1 in his division in Alberta in the sport of power tumbling he continued to use his mental training skills and pursued his education in mental hypnotherapy under the tutelage of Dr Michael Preston director of the institute of medical hypnotherapy in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. Becoming certified in his early, early 20s, he started working as a mental training specialist and developed his core program, Personal Momentum, while doing mental training with Team 2000 men's gymnastics teammates, artists, and elite athletes from Cirque du Soleil. Since then, he has adapted 23 mental, physical, and emotional drills and exercises to help peak performers in all disciplines and walks of life working with the most successful and challenging individuals and groups and giving concrete actionable items which is which is what separates him from others he offers two things needed for your change to be truly transformational accountability and transformational tools Nathan, welcome to the show
1: Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So tell me, how's the uh, how's the Essential Academy coming 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 along?
1: It's been a blur since we started less than a, a month ago. We've had two dozen uh, instructors already sign on, and we've had about three dozen in the background because we, we have a, a rather strenuous um, screening program where we're taking a look at people and we're making sure that it's not just your head and your heart are in the right place. Now there's a, a crazy time of of life and year going on around the whole world. So a lot of people really have that aspect together. It's more of them taking a look and understanding if you as an instructor had a choice to teach whatever you wanted, however you wanted, and you decided what a passing grade would mean, what on earth would that look like for you? And if you didn't want to bring over what, you know, you're doing on your day job and just bring over everything from your website, but if you had a chance to revisit it, and do it anew, do it differently. If nobody knew that uh, John doesn't just do the most amazing podcasts in the world, but is also like a a champion angler fisherman, you know, or or cooks a really, really mean burrito in the background, and nobody knows this stuff, those would be kind of the things that we'd be looking at. It caters to the top 1% uh, of elite athletes and coaches, uh, 1% of business executives and entrepreneur owners.
0: That's awesome. Uh, So what martial arts do you practice?
1: In a lifetime together, starting with uh, Hapkido, the uh, Korean Joint Lock Pressure Point Techniques, Um, from there went to a little bit of Taekwondo as well, which was amazing for flexibility and point contact work. And then I had a a rather rude awakening when from there I transitioned over to Muay Thai. And in Thai boxing, I jumped up and I remember one of my early moments, I think it was day one, I was in the ring and I jump up and I do one of those really pretty uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme spinning uh, scissor kicks. And I come like that close to the guy's nose. And I land and I'm like, ha-ha. And he looks at me he's like, neat. And then he does a Muay Thai kick and hits me on the top of my quad going down. And I couldn't walk for about three days. So that, that was very surprising and eye-opening. That was awesome. After a couple of years through, um, through Muay Thai, um, I had a chance through um, a Russian master uh, to practice Sistema, Russian military karate. And he was spectacular where that came out as a a rather unique way. And you could tell that something was very, very different when you're training in your regular place, you know, and your, your instructor, your coach kicks you a little too hard. You go flying across the room or the ring and he lands and he comes over. He's like, sorry, sorry. You okay. You okay. And when someone at this place is doing it, they don't look at you as a dollar sign, they don't look at you as a student. They don't look at you as anything else. So for them, they kick you. That means you didn't block or move or just weren't in the right place at the right time. So that's why you got hit. Whenever you're ready, let's go. And all of that is succumbed with just looking at you and going, ready? And that that's the only reaction you get. So that's when I knew that it's something was very different between the way that I was being taught. Besides the bruises, that um, this is something very different, hard style versus uh, a softer style in the West that I'd been used to. From yeah. there I kept going. I was looking at um, really being able to, I guess after about 20 years, there was a good gap. I taught my mother, my brother, my father, my sister, my wife, my daughter, uh, family, friends, very, very close, very select people, people who I knew their head and their heart were in the right place and wouldn't use this in any way, shape or form outside of, um, well, in its most basic rudimentary form, obviously it's there to defend yourself. It is a martial art. But at its highest level, like, you have to remember, it's something like my, my most recent martial arts, um, Mokuyobi uh, Shinden Ryu, the idol, where it's a, a five or 600-year-old Japanese martial arts of drawing the sword, dispatching an enemy, and then putting it away. It's never the aggressor. The only reason I'd ever even consider it is because for some reason he thought that this hostile act made sense to draw upon me. Or in their world, you put your finger on the hilt and you push with your thumb, you unsheathe it. That is literally the equivalent of putting your hand on your gun and cocking it. Why on earth would you do that if that wasn't a hostile gesture? Absolutely, you intend to take my life and there's no way that I'm gonna feel comfortable with that without defending myself. So that mentality changed so drastically and so differently. And out of those 30 years, In those last couple of years when I came back, I wasn't looking for something to get in shape. I wasn't looking for something uh, to learn a higher degree of kicking somebody's butt or a higher degree uh, of really, really essentially going, you know, if 17 people attacked me and my family, here's how I'd defend myself. No, because I would have to have something very fundamentally go wrong in my life for 17 people to come and attack me and my family. So I wouldn't be in such a situation. I don't need to worry about that minutia of a percentage that could possibly happen if instead I focus on what else can I get from this martial art? What else can I get from the daily practice of this? Oh my goodness. Don't worry about that 1% that may or may never, ever happen. Out of 30 years of happiness and practice, the times that my mind or my body or for whatever health reason, I wasn't solid enough that I could practice in a physical way. I thought about it. I watched videos. I read, I drew, I did anything and everything that could get me into it and immersed into it in some capacity. When I could practice, I practiced no matter what I was doing and where I was in life. It was one of the most important, one of the most significant things I was doing.
0: That's awesome. It, We're going to touch up on a lot of stuff that you just, that you just went through. Um, you mentioned something that actually caught me off of left, left wing right now. Okay. You practice the Of course. Sistema. Saved I, I'm
1: Russian, <laughs> so when I say "of course," it's like just say you drink vodka. I'm like sorry to be arrogant. I'm like of course. I'm I'm Russian. I apologize. Yes.
0: Uh, Sistema actually saved my life, so oh, wow. it has a very very special place in my heart. Um, so you said that it is different than other martial arts that. And now I can attest to this because I can't. I can't actually say how many times I've been punched so hard where I almost had an out of body experience.
1: Oh goodness! And, <laughs> wow! And everybody
0: was looking at me as like, "Okay, whenever you're ready, just stand back up on the line." Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: ready is the, the standard. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Because if you're not, then you're not able to answer that question. You're just falling over, and if exactly. you're not falling over, then then you're ready so let's go yeah
0: (laughs) um i've had another person on the show that actually kind of dabbled in systema and one of the most one of the lessons that we try that 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 they that they teach i no longer practice it but it's you're trying to heal the person rather than hurt the person did you notice that
1: oh of course it's rarely at the beginning because even though it's not a system that's taught traditionally in like a Western way, you know, where we're looking for Hollywood or big money or big fame, you know, or, or big fortune to the instructor, it is still monetized and commercialized in some capacity. So there is still a slight concern, just a, a very Russian rudimentary version of it. So it's not as much a concern as we have out here for lawsuits or people's feelings getting hurt or anything like that. But yeah, we still care a little bit just because it makes sense. So in that way, yes, they still are much more concerned than normal. If this was done on a military level, excuse me, if this was truly done where we're training you, well, then we didn't ask you. Then your feelings and your thoughts, your your emotions, your boo-hoos and your boo-boos are really not relevant right now. We're being trained for something more significant. If you want to get outside of yourself and out of your crap and out of your, your world and all your problems and this and that, and the other, the absolute fastest best way to do it is to get outside of yourself. And the best way to do that is to literally just focus on other things. And if you're not a things kind of guy, focus on other people.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that's another thing that I actually uh, recognized and actually what kept me in Systema for a decade. It was more about me. It was more about me looking at myself and finding out all the crap that was wrong with me. It wasn't the person punching me or kicking me. It was actually me, how I dealt with it. And I believe that um, we don't have enough of that tough love. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Agreed.
1: The tough love is missing. You ever
0: notice when you're...
1: (laughs) Talk about perception. The people who trained you in Sistema, they may not have looked like somebody out of some, you know, um, martial art movie where they're this stereotypical, ridiculously good-looking, huge guy that looks like even if he didn't know Sistema, he could kick the crap out of you anyway. No. These are guys that look like your uncle or your grandpa. You know, a guy who definitely looks like he's got a bit of a, a happy affair with food and drink and stuff. Yeah, these are not guys that you would consider rough and tough or big, burly men. No, that's what's absolutely terrifying about it. My instructor, when he went through, he displayed a technique. It was a much more advanced one. where And, and he was also dropped off um, back in the, the days. So he was dropped off in Afghanistan. He was dropped off in a village. He was one person as a commando dropped and he had to get through. 1,500 people to get to an extraction point, 10 miles away. And in the process of doing so, you can't just walk by and what's that? and kill people. Or yeah, you know, it's not the movies. That would make a huge mess It'd make a huge scene. You wouldn't make it because as awesome as you think you are 1500 against one doesn't work. Nope. So you have to silently find a way, but you have to move so quickly that you almost create this aura. And it pushes people around you, outside of you. Like if a, if a wasp is coming at you and is about to sting your face, you start swatting at it, you start hitting at it, you start freaking out. It takes that as a hostile gesture. It's now clicked a different part of its brain, small as it is, and goes into attack mode, not into, ah, freak out and leave mode. You want to click it into freak out, leave mode. Do something it can't get mad at you about as it's flying into your face breathe on it breathe on it as if you're blowing through a dart straw it'll get blown about three feet back and it never gets mad at the wind bugs aren't stupid it just turns around and leaves and it'll never bother you again miss that aim though and the bug comes and hits you right in the cheek right so life is fun like that life's fun like that but yes that's That's what I'm saying, that it's a slightly different way to look at it because if you're in it and it's in a situation where you need to get by and you need to get through and you need to be quiet, you need to be able to push without breaking bones or killing people or making a big mess, that doesn't help anyone. It's only in the movies. That's not the way that this is done. If you can truly quiet yourself, you can become dim, for lack of a better word.
0: I like that. I like that. Oh my God. My
1: instructor was so good at being dim. Wow.
0: I, I, cause the guy who punched people that almost had an out of body experience, mm. he did not look like a guy. He was a elderly man where he weighed, he was probably about five, eight by five, eight by five, eight. And you'd think this guy is just your atypical Russian grandfather that's just walking around doing nothing. But oh my lethal. god, you, you, so lethal! You do <laughs> not want to piss him off. <laughs> so lethal, amazing, eh? Yeah, if you pissed him off, you were the one that's going to have a bad day.
1: <laughs> the beauty in that system is because everything is so hard. It. And this is kind of something interesting that the modern world doesn't touch upon. And I wanted to address it with you. It is so hard and it is such a hard style that if you can get through that, you genuinely go almost through therapy every single class. You question yourself, you're convinced you hit some wall that there's no way you can overmount or surmount. And then magically, every single class, you manage to find a way to put yourself over that wall. It's incredibly therapeutic. And then you go off on your regular day and some idiot cuts you off as you're driving home from class and you smile because for a split second, you almost had that rise getting mad. And then you go, yeah, look at what I just went through. <laughs> and it just quiets it right down. It's uh-huh. so powerful to go into something so difficult to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's so powerful that it makes the rest of the day and the rest of the world, and the rest of the crap that you have to do. So, Oh, well, <laughs> it's no big deal. It's no big deal.
0: Yeah. Again, that's why I stayed in it for like 10 years. It was such a special, special time in my life. And like I said, it's, it's, it's the one thing that saved my life after two, two suicidal thoughts. So like it has, Sistema has a very special place in my heart. Moving you on. notice
1: that it, it has just, last thing, you notice it has such an element, there's a spiritual element to it. It looks brutal. You can't watch YouTube videos of it. And it doesn't look very just efficient and effective. It doesn't look like there's a spiritual aspect. If you tell people there's a healing part after about, you know, four years <laughs> into it, um, they'd be like, really? I just got to get through the crap kicked out of me. And I'm like, it's not the crap kicked out of you in the traditional way. Go Keji gempo Go Hawaiian bone breaking. That, Kaji kempo that literally has impact training. Put your arms up and get beat. Like, ridiculously, it's part of a daily workout. That's impact training. That's a completely different thing. Go, go into a different aspect where instead of looking at this as that aspect, go Krab McGrath, where there's very little spiritualism, very little philosophy. This is a purely rudimentary martial art. That's great. And for something so modern and so new to have such an effectiveness efficiency but nobody's going to sit there and meditate on krav mcgraw nobody's looking at it as after i disarm him and break his jaw and then kill him in 16 different ways and then break his finger maybe i'll philosophize about it so that's not happening the only thing that i've ever seen that does that in the most lethal purest way that i've never experienced in before is eido the art of drawing the sword and putting it back that is absolutely a a mind screw Mm -hmm. it's so different than every other hapkido taekwondo muay thai kurukai kung fu sistema. it it doesn't matter everything that i've studied it's so incredibly different than this you know fundamentally let's do some cute things in breathing where we kiai where we draw our strength, where we move our motion, where we coordinate with our body and mind. Yeah, there's none of that. You don't breathe. You don't physically show any breath, period. Because if you did and it was a cold day and you're a samurai, now I know where you are. Dead. So we don't breathe. We don't breathe up. We don't breathe down. We don't move up. We don't move down. We don't move levels. You actually don't know how high or how tall I am because my knees are a little crouched. So you'll never have a clue where I am, how high I am, if I need to actually jump up, you're like, I didn't know you were that, that tall. You'd have no clue. And you'll definitely never know when I exerted an energy because of, ah, or ah. No. So that, to me, threw me right off. I'm like, what do you mean we don't breathe? He's like, Natan, watch this. And my sensei, fifth degree, been doing this 38 years. He did 12 katas in a row on a single breath. I watched this man hold his breath for over two minutes. It was mind-boggling because it's not like he's moving quietly and meditating. He's moving. He's dispatched 40 people in two minutes. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. I tried to do one kata without breathing at the end. I'm like, (laughs) and I asked him, what's the difference? He says, efficiency of motion. You waste way, way too much energy. He goes, you're trying to cut down trees and water buffalo and there are ridiculous stones and massive things in front of you. Stop it. So raise razor-sharp sword. Let it do the work. He goes, I don't waste energy, energy in any efficiency. That's why I can get through 12 cutters on one breath.
0: It's interesting you said that because Sistema is also about efficiency and movement.
1: Very much so. That's what I fell in love with, and I draw the parallel from it. I'm like, oh, my God. That and if you screw up on Susiema, you may get a bruise. If I screw up, screw up on Iaido, it's a Shinken. It's a razor sharp sword. So that was me taking it out almost never has any problem. Me doing cool ninja looking stuff in the air with Samurai What? It almost never has any problem. Put it away wrong. And you look down and there's your thumb. That's the problem. And even before you put it away, uh, Shiburi, shaking of the blood shake the blood wrong there was a guy who was a fourth degree black belt it was about five six years ago international competition been doing this 25 30 years and the angle that your sword comes as it comes it comes at about here you screw that angle up and you scalp yourself your visual guide as you bring your sword up you can literally almost salute and point to your finger if i can see the butt of my sword i'm good if I can't see the butt of my sword, not a big difference, two degrees, three degrees. I scalp myself. Wow. That that'll keep you awake. That'll keep you focused. You're like, what's for dinner? No, these thoughts don't happen. Talk about, you know what, boohoo me. And I feel sad and I feel there. I'm like every martial art I did up until this, it let me in a physical way, get rid of those feelings, emotions, anxiety, depression, whatever it was. It let me physically get rid of it. This was the first martial art. Wouldn't even let that door open. It's not even a possibility when you're holding a sword. You can't help it. You could be an overweight, middle-aged, fat white guy. You feel like Tom Cruise in Last Samurai. You just you put on the uniform, you tie up your OB, your belt, you you put out, you know, your EI Toe is um, it's a sword that looks exactly like a real one except it's made out of aluminum, so the edge is rounded. It can never be sharpened, it can never be sharp. The tip is razor sharp, but other than that one point, so don't screw up and poke yourself, um, it's beautiful, and it's perfect. It's our practice sword. It gives you the same weight, the same balance, the same feeling. It's not a fake sword at all. It's a genuine, real man-made, people made this, cost a 1000 bucks. not a fake anything, but when my sensei went like this, He generated so much power from hold to hold that his sword snapped. He didn't hit anything. He hit the air. Generated so much power. No ki, no, (gasps) uh, no, just generated so much power, sword snapped. Went crap. Then he went and got a $1,500 sword. Snapped. His sensei took him aside and said, too much. It's like you're trying to cut down trees and water buffalo. And I'm like, where have I heard this before? So I can see this general pattern directly. If you're strong enough that you can generate enough force to take a solid metal piece, a metal, accelerate it and decelerate it within the space of a few feet and generate enough inertia to snap it, it's phenomenal. That's something to aspire to.
0: That's, that's something. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But you did touch up on some, on, on something that we're going to switch gears into now. Sure. Um, How have you seen martial arts help people with depression?
1: Oh, in the most easiest way, when you're deep into something like this, it's so physically involved that you can't think about emotional stuff. It'll physically bring you to a level that you'll have an emotional release. And then you can reflect. Like usually I talk about that, you know, 20, 30 minutes driving home after workout from the dojo, wherever you were. In that time, you reflect, you get that uh, runner's high, you get that endorphin rush if you just did weights, if you're a bodybuilder kind of person. But the difference between all of those things is there's not a lot to reflect upon. For us as martial artists, when we're driving home and we're coming back, you get those physical sensations ah, I feel good, I moved, I worked, I stretched, I grew, I feel good. But then you also reflect. You reflect because the movement caused you to do something in a different way. When I first went through this, level one is literally learning, like let's say we wanted to learn a kata. I wanted to teach you a kata right now over this weird video medium and all this stuff that we've got to live with right now. Um, let's say I wanted you to get the most important part out of all of it that it was a, a real breathing exercise that I'd want you to concentrate and constrict your body I'd want every motion as if you couldn't move any harder and then you went in the other direction and your muscles moved that way and then on top of that level of movement that these are the exact movements I want you to do I want you to do that constriction and all that muscle contraction and then there's another layer on top of that then I want you to do your breathing every motion gets an inhale every motion gets an Exhale, and if we can coordinate all three of those, then you learn the kata. Well, let's say the motions don't transfer, and let's say those physical movements. You're like, crap, man. It's been two weeks. I haven't talked to 10. Did he say open, close, then this, or was it open, close, then this? Crap, ah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Stay tight, stay strong, and and breathe a bit. I can't remember something like that. And we focus on that fundamental first layer, that first level stuff. That's very foundational. Out of those three things, for me to give you the essence of a breathing exercise, between the movements, between the constriction, and between the breathing, which do you think is the least important?
0: I would say the movement.
1: It really is. And yet that's what we focus most of our time and effort on, always. And I don't know why. It's the way that we're taught. Yeah. something out of 30 years and a dozen martial arts. I've noticed it time and time again, Eastern system, Western system. I spent a month in Russia training at a gym that was Mm -hmm. incredible. You literally went into this industrial area, like right out of like a bad Rocky movie. And there's like industrial waste. There's car refuge. It looks like, um, uh, like a wasteland. It was awful and scary. There's absolutely no roads, no cars, no residential. There's nothing there. And you come up to this one kind of semi-looking rundown door in the side of a building that kind of had its windows broken out. And you knock on the door right out of freaking movies in a secret knockway, And about a minute later, the door gets answered. And this guy opens the door and you come down 20 stairs. And you come out and it's about 100, maybe 200 feet. So it's, it's huge. And the, the largest yin-yang I've ever seen painted on the floor ever. It, it was massive, 80 feet, and just this perfect yin-yang on the floor. And that's where we trained. And I was so incredibly self-conscious because, you know, I'm wearing like Muay Thai shorts and stuff like that, and they're 70 bucks a pair. And these guys are wearing like underwear because they're poor, and it's Russia. And they're looking at like, okay, Western, let's come hit you. see what's up. Come get that. And so you can imagine that I took a little more, um, a little more enthusiasm from those guys than you would expect. If I, and, and it doesn't matter how quiet and humble you are. It doesn't matter how little bravado you have. Everybody wants to see the guy in the bright yellow shorts. Let's see if he can take a Muay Thai kick to the head. Cause I just saw him give one. So it's, It really changes you, what you're doing, how you're doing it. Waking up at six in the morning, eating a bowl of porridge, running for an hour. You you get into this incredible headspace. Where on earth is there room for depression? Like, you want more, you got to go do more. It's a sad first world problem where we have so much time and so much energy and so much. um, (laughs) We literally have the brain that can not just think a thought. But think about the thoughts that we just thought. <laughs> Animals don't have that problem, John. They really don't, man. Like, they think a thought, they think a thought. Oh, shit, I got to move. I got to move. That's it. Oh, I like her. She's cute. That's it. None of them go, oh, I like her. She's cute. And go, wait, what the hell's the matter with you? Why would you just think that? That's a weird thought. Should you be thinking? That? We don't think thoughts about our thoughts. That's the nutty part. If you can back up a level and get out of that, Martial arts or any, any hobby, any pursuit, anything that you can deeply, genuinely involve yourself, like jump in. Anything that you jump into will absolutely take you out of depression because that sense of purpose that you have is, well, I'll give you an example. One of the blogs that I've, I'm lucky enough that I've done that seems to have a lot of traction with a lot of people, it's blog number 104, uh, Happiness Equals Progress. And it's me um, talking about the concept that uh, I had a a client that I was doing uh, performance coaching with, rich guy, young guy, really good looking, amazing six pack abs, beautiful like 27 year old lingerie model wife, three kids that adored him, just like living the life, works four hours a day, four days a week, millionaire, successful, late 20s, like just oh my god, every athlete I'm sure he has a humongous penis. Like everything you could think of that any guy would want to check mark and say wow 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 my life is incredible, and and comes to me and says I don't understand why I'm not happy. I don't get it, man. I'm like borderline depressed. What the hell's going on? I spend an hour every day going through this checklist of things that I have from the cars to the houses to the to the relationships to everything, man. I've climbed my my, my I've climbed Mount Everest. I don't understand. How on earth can I not feel amazing and incredible? I feel like depressed. Make me happy, Nathan. Go. And at the price tag I charge, luckily I, I have a few tools on my trick. So I asked him a very simple question. I said, when's the last time that you felt challenged? When's the last time that you pushed yourself? When's the last time that you struggled? When's the last time that things got really, really, really hard? When's the last time that you genuinely felt that you surmounted an insurmountable thing? When was the last time you bit off more than you could chew and then proceeded to chew it? When was the last time that you progressed? And he said, shit, I don't remember. I said, That's why you're not happy.
0: That's interesting. It's uh, it's like a client that I used to train. who's just a Jewish guy. Um, mm-hmm. Every time I would talk, every time I would talk to him, uh, I would always talk about my successes, my successes, my win, my win, my win. And he looked at me one day and he goes, John, stop talking, about me, uh, stop talking to me about how you succeeded. He goes, okay. start, ta- start talking to me about when you failed. Mm. That's more important. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'm like, why the hell would you want to know when I failed? And just like you said, because when you fail, that's when you truly learn. And when, it, when we knock it back to uh, martial arts, when you get punched in the face and break your nose, when you get punched in the throat and have trouble breathing, when you get kicked in the ribs and a rib broke, or when you get choked out, you learn something. You learn something very valuable.
1: I remember I was learning a, I was learning a mixed martial arts style at the time and um my instructor was like fifth degree uh judo black belt and a couple other very very cool things vegan in incredible shape uh but ran an it company in the day so just like this brilliant guy self-imposed taught for free did it as a public outreach and stuff just a a beautiful individual and you're like okay and then one of the very first class days is ground fighting and in ground fighting he's like first thing you're gonna do is freak out you're gonna ah, you're gonna panic it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. We all panic. It's cool. He goes, but I'm going to choke you out. I'm like, okay, until I like tap out. He goes, no, no, I'm just going to choke you out. Like all the way out kind of thing. Um, out, out. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to go out and you're going to take a nap for a couple seconds then I'll bring you back. Don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound cool. He goes, see, he goes, you're freaking out now. And I haven't even started doing it yet. He goes, calm down. He goes, you need to understand that at one point when there's absolutely nothing that you can do. You want to die a hero? Go ahead. You're going to die a hero. It doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do. And at that point, being calm and accepting it will give you that resurgence and power and give you that calmness that you need to gather your thoughts in case there is an intelligent, logical way out. Because emotionally resisting and straining and fighting, that anaconda is just going to slip in closer and closer and tighter and tighter with every breath you take until you can't take a breath anymore. And then the panic really kicks in. So he instantly got behind me, instantly goes into a rear naked choke. Instantly, I feel the panic set in, which is nothing compared to the panic about 12 seconds later when you're like, okay, no, no, now I'm really panicked. Because now it's really freaking, I'm going to die. I'm convinced I'm going to die. Why is this really nice guy trying to kill me? This is so. And these stupid thoughts go on. This is that chance that you could have collected yourself. First round, no chance of that. Impossible. <laughs> Maybe if you got lucky, but no. You don't know what you're doing, so you don't know what you're not doing or what you should be doing, and so you miss that opportunity altogether. Now you've been robbed for about 15, 20 seconds. Oxygen's really not hitting the brain. Now stuff gets fuzzy, gets a little blurry, but it, it's not something that you're used to every Tuesday afternoon. Well, it's kind of neat. So you're looking at it going, what the hell is that? So now all of a sudden, and now another five, 10 seconds go by. So now 30 seconds, oxygen deprived. And now there's that light and it's just getting darker and darker and you're about to go out. And there's no thought of doing anything to resist anything. It's this magical little journey (laughs) that you go on. And it was so important. As terrifying as that was for me to go on that first and foremost, it was so important to, to know what that felt like, to understand that blind panic. Oh goodness, sorry. <laughs> to, to understand that blind panic, to understand that sometimes there's nothing you can do, to understand how to hold yourself, to understand that these are the sensations that you'll go through and not freak out. That was so incredibly powerful to go through. That it was a very big eye-opening event for me.
0: And one most people won't uh, won't dare to venture because again, they don't. They don't get it. I have been there before, so I know it what it means many nice. times. Like
1: it's it's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't get the cool tough guy stuff that you and I like that it's a cool thing, man. I like this. That's awesome. That's the cool part about it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to get dirty or, yeah. or, or bruised or whatever. It's like if you're trying to hold your breath underwater, there's a biological level that you hit somewhere between three and four minutes where you deplete the amount of oxygen in your body to a level that you'll go through convulsions. It's common, standard. Everybody knows about it. Everybody who practices deep-sea diving or um, free diving absolutely is familiar with it. And it's a sensation that they tell themselves, relax. You're consciously going to be aware of your body freaking the hell out and convulsing for about 30 seconds. It's not quick. It's not easy. You're going to lose your shit, especially the first time you go through it. But once you do, it's a little easier the next time. It will freak you out fundamentally every time, John. Mm -hmm. It's part of who we are because it freaks us out to know that we're convulsing and doing a, a death spin and yet we're not dying. It messes with your brain every time like a 1200 horsepower car when you gas it that healing is never going to get old you know what i mean ever
0: (laughs) yeah um in my intro I i actually mentioned that you have like a 23 mental physical and emotional drill that you share with people to help improve their mental state could you share one of them with us
1: course hundred percent let's do something that's specific for anybody who's going through any kind of a bout of anxiety or depression or anything like that this is one of my um and we can even do a couple if you think they're beneficial but this one is something that you don't need a background it's not an exercise as a prerequisite before another exercise this is it it's called the mental scream drill mentally you're going to be screaming as long and as loud and as hard as you can but externally, nobody's going to know anything's going on. So you can do this physically in a situation. You can run to the bathroom and go into a stall. You can do it in any way that you need to do it. No one will know anything's going on. Mentally, you're screaming like crazy. Physically, you're tensing and tightening every muscle, every being, every single part of your body. And as you're tensing it, you're feeling a ball of negativity. Squeeze and condense into your stomach until you can't squeeze it anymore and once it explodes all that negativity, all that anxiety is gone and then you can stop squeezing and then you can stop screaming and all of this is coordinated together so that's the background to the exercise would you like to experience the mental scream drill? sure Okay. deep breath in through the nose out through the mouth One more. As you breathe out, start squeezing into the base of your stomach. A ball of negativity. All the anger. All the pain. All the shame. All the frustration. All the hate. All the pain and suffering. All of the misery. All of the longing. Push it. Squeeze it. Take another deep breath. More. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. Squeeze it, squeeze it. In your mind, scream. Scream as long and as loud and as loud as you have to. Scream until you can't scream anymore. Take another breath if you have to. Squeeze all the negativity. Scream as loud and as long as you have to. And when you can't scream anymore, then you can't squeeze anymore. Take a deep breath and let it go. In through the nose, out through the mouth, relax your mind. In through the nose, out through the mouth, relax your body. There you go. Open
0: your eyes. How do you feel? That feels awesome. That feels awesome.
1: Awesome. If you already felt great, like you were at a 7 out of 10... Now you feel at an eight out of 10. If heaven forbid you're at a four out of 10, you should be up at about a six, seven.
0: That was really good. Um, You actually mentioned, I actually mentioned something about, I did, I, no, I didn't, not yet. But uh, what is, you, you, you spoke about mushin and munin muso. What is that?
1: Mushin is the concept of no mind. Mus and miso, muso is the concept of no thought, no feeling. So one is a state that we get to, like we talked about, there's no room for depression or anxiety or any of those thoughts. In the form of a kata, in the form of a breathing exercise, in the form of a meditation, in the form of just doing a, a a movement of any kind, there's no room for anything other than being active and present and alive in the moment that you are. There's no thought. That's mushin. Musen muso is at the level of being able to do that for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, being an ascetic monk, being a hermit, being someone who has mastered mind, body, emotions, and spirits within themselves. They come to a state where there's no longing. There's no want. There's no desire. That's Buddhahood. In that level, there's no thought. No thought is very, very different than no mind. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yes, actually it does. It does. How hard is it for someone to implement these concepts?
1: Depends. As a medical hypnotherapist that got licensed back in uh, 97, has been working with Olympic athletes for 30 years, it's literally as quick and easy as you choose to accept it. I got guys that do double twisting uh, triple backs and then they want to learn a triple twisting triple back and go, oh, that's ridiculous. I can't do that. I'm like, is that what you thought when you did the double or the single that led to the double? It's progression. If we can figure out a calm, cool, collected way for your mind to accept this current reality, even though it's a little pushing against your brain, a little out of your comfort zone, that little out is how you grow. And if we can go more and more and more and if we leave little breadcrumbs so you're never worried about being able to find out who the heck you were when you left yourself. Well, then you're good. And you'll never have to worry about that. It won't be something that bothers you.
0: So it's kind of like the progression that we do in Sistema where it's like, once you get good at fighting one person with uh, with a weapon, we introduce a second person and we introduce the the threat level. So is this more like, increasing the level and the amount of fear that you're experiencing in the moment and just of trusting course. your body.
1: The better you get at this, the more I expect from you. So when I'm doing, when I'm doing performance coaching with Olympic athletes, I'll give you an example. Um, men's Olympic, uh, not even the men's, the women's is even a better example. Women's Olympic, uh, gymnastic team uh, for them. You'll have a, I'll have a, a, a woman who's won like multiple Olympic gold medals and she's on the balance beam. So I'll lay down under the balance beam and look up at her and scream and yell at her and clap my hands and try to distract her. Hey, hey, hey Becky, 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 look, Becky, Becky, look. Hey, 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 over here, over here. While she's doing her routine over my head. And Becky was freaking out. <laughs> Not her real name used. <laughs> Becky was freaking out um, going, "Nathan, I don't want to land on you. I'm like, please don't. She <laughs> goes, no, but... Seriously, like, this is insane. You can't stand underneath me, period. And even if you were quiet, that's terrifying. Are you saying you're going to yell and scream and, like, bang symbols and just try to do it? I'm like, I just taught you distraction blocking techniques. You've been through this. You know exactly what to do. You know how to go inside so deeply that you don't care about external. And anything external amplifies your internal state, doesn't distract you from it. So I can hear sounds and feel heat and annoyance and all of these things and use it to deepen my state of flow, not weaken it.
0: That's, that's awesome. Um, what about the peaceful warrior? What does that path look like?
1: That is a beautiful thing. A peaceful warrior is somebody who like, if you ever genuinely have to use a martial art to defend yourself in your life, You really have to question yourself. The odds are very, 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 very small that the universe chose to put this horrible situation in front of you that just was a horrible situation. And yes, I acknowledge that it absolutely does happen to all of us. But outside of that, any situation even remotely within your control, and I mean control to the point that a lot of guys would go, are you telling me that that guy who just called me an asshole at the bar and then grabbed my girl's ass at the bar is something that I should just try to remove myself from instead of use the last twenty seven years. What the hell did I just study the last twenty seven years for? Why i What are you talking about? I should break shit and move shit and dislocate shit. I should have shit in so many different places that he has to go looking to pick up his stuff. Then he'll know. I'm like he will. He'll know exactly what to say to the police, and they'll know exactly what to say to the judge and they'll know exactly what to say to those guys that you thought you're big and strong at Neat. That doesn't work in bad places. Nobody's big and strong there and nobody's big and strong enough. And that's where you'll end up for a very long time. And you rewind back after time traveling into the future to this exact moment. And this drunk idiot who's yelling at you and trying to grab your girlfriend's ass and realize, I'm sorry, am I the bouncer? (laughs) Do I get paid to do this? No, I don't. So get somebody whose job it is to go do their job.
0: Are these concepts, uh, are you referring to the actual book, The Peaceful Warrior?
1: In a way, I love The Peaceful Warrior, both the book, the movie, read, watched, absolutely. I'm not referring it to in general. Dan Millman's awesome. I'm talking as a concept that we all have a chance to be peaceful warriors. You choose what it is that you fight for. You choose when it is that you fight. You choose how it is that you fight. So... There's a concept, like if you're doing woodworking, um, there's a way to make a box that's functional, and then there's a way to make a box that's elegant. You have a choice, right? Yep. There's a technique I can take where I take your arm out of its socket. And if that's what we needed to do in order to wait until the police came, and that was my way to control you, that's one way. That's more Kaji bone-breaking <laughs> Hawaiian martial arts. If we wanted to use uh, joint locks and pressure points, Small circle jujitsu would be another way to control you. If we wanted to use um Hapkido, bigger points, larger degrees, areas where we can manipulate entire joints and, and arms and limbs and legs and, and absolutely use those with pressure points, with specific areas, so that you can absolutely control somebody. The the concept of a martial arts is that a littler guy can control a bigger guy. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So that is that ability to know that and to do that and to do that at that at that higher level, to use all of that, the leverage, the pressure points, the, the concept of understanding weight and movement, timing that, not letting any of those emotional fear factors come in because your blood is pumping, your adrenaline is released. You're in that fight or flight mode and it's now. You know what I mean? Some of it is rely on your training, some of it is blank and go zen. And the vast majority of it is just knowing that at this particular moment in time, there's absolutely like, when my instructor was choking me out, There's absolutely nothing you can do about this. There's no way to stop this. If you want to be aware, if you want to go along for this ride, it is your best possible chance to get out of this. Any other thought will not serve you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you've made a couple of uh, key points there. Uh, Mar- like la- like you were saying, martial arts d- allows you the choice to, to do what you need to do in a situation. Is that correct?
1: It hopefully gives you more options, more chances, more choices, more of the ability that that's even an option. Like I, I know a guy, rest in peace, he was a, a friend of a friend. Um, he went to Amsterdam visiting third-degree black belt in a, in a, a shokan uh, karate. Strong guy, big guy, brave guy. Uh, had his parked car and stuff, went around the corner. He was in the red light district and this really pretty girl came around the corner. Excuse me, excuse me. Can you help me for a second? He turns, looks at her and some guy behind him just stabs him in the back. You could be a 57th degree black belt. There ain't no technical moves and counter for stabbing the back. When you're not looking and you don't see it, John, that's the end of it. Right? So he, yep. he, he died there for his wallet So will this protect me and get me guaranteed and save my family and all that other Hollywood crap? Uh, Yeah. If the stars all line up, right. And if I'm able to manage and control my state and if I can just relax and let 30 plus years of muscle memory work for me instead of cramp against it and try to exercise power and hit really hard instead of relaxing it, coming out faster and being stronger because of that.
0: Right. Um, You also talked about like you. you, Well, I talked about uh, your deep, uh, your deep personal gratitude from the
1: number one way to cure any kind of depression. Hundred percent can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. It's impossible. It's like being sad and trying to dance. It wouldn't work.
0: Can you give the listeners one tip on what you do for personal gratification? An easy one.
1: <laughs> An easy one. And especially if you're having... It, first of all, if this isn't easy for you, that's okay. It, it Like, in all honesty, my wife, and I've been happily married going on 26 years now, uh, gratitude doesn't come natural to her. It is not her, her, her base. It is not her foundation. Gratitude in a sense of, ah, thank God I'm alive and I breathe and the sun... <laughs> And I can move and I smile and I have my nose and like, you know, like that base base fundamental. I'm so happy for everything that permeates me in every core of my being. It's not my wife. She's a wonderful, beautiful, incredibly positive, happy person, but that is not her defunct programming. That is not where she goes to. So for her, she needs to be reminded of gratitude. For me, I don't, I'm lucky, I guess. I'm sure I have other things that I need to be reminded of. Like, clean your room or something, or, you know what I mean, <laughs> you know, brush your teeth or whatever, but I don't have to be reminded of gratitude. And for her, she, it's not that she needs to be reminded of it, but some of the exercises that helped her get into a state where she doesn't need to be reminded of it are self-imposed exercises like a list. She wakes up and because it's not ingrained and because it's not natural and it's not the first thing to smile, the first thing on her list is smile. She reminds herself, oh, shit, okay, I've got to smile. (laughs) Then she smiles. Second thing on her list, think of something positive that you want for you to happen today. Think of a way that you can make your family better to each other. Think of a way that you can do something to unwind, relax, and feel calm. Um, Learn something new every day. Um, Help someone else do something that they want. Just A list of things that doesn't exactly sound like the stereotypical. Be happy you got legs, stupid. Be happy that you're, you know, be happy you're reading this and you have paper. Dummy, there's some people who don't have paper. Like, you can't guilt yourself into feeling good about yourself. And I think there's a lot of that going on. That if you feel like you're wanting and you're supposed to think that that's okay, that's not okay. Feeling like, hey, you know what, I don't have. And take these seven tips to make more money well, that implies that I'm not comfortable with the level of money that I have. Or or get these uh, five new hill uh, help hips, you know what I mean, to help you overcome this. Well, that implies that I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I'm good. I don't need five new levels to do this or that. It's like those horrible self-help books that are like 987 ways to get happy. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I need two. In case the first one doesn't work, give me a backup. That's it. Are you nuts? But that wouldn't make a book. You can't monetize that. You can't sell two pages. So we need 998. Doesn't make sense. Like that other stuff we talked about earlier, John, not every, you know what I mean? Like nobody's getting out of this life alive and not everyone's coming out with the answers at the end of the rainbow either, man. That's
0: so, so not true. all of
1: this stuff makes sense. That's what it is. It's the life we live.
0: That's so true. Uh, how could somebody incorporate martial arts into their daily life? Mm,
1: the absolute beginning would be just even a thought. There are times that you emotionally can't get yourself to move physically are so hurt or or debilitated in some capacity that it would be counterproductive to you to try to move at all. And so all you're doing is stuck in your mind. Watch videos, write down thoughts, try to sketch a movement, anything in every way that you activate any part of your brain to connect with any part, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual, financial, like any, any. A lever that you can activate, any switch that you can flip, will make this mean something in cementity. Any way that you can get involved is the beginning. There is no fake it till you make it in this. There is no make it. My instructor is the most humble person on earth, and he's literally got a PhD in nuclear chemistry and worked on cyclotron machines doing uh, thermonuclear imagery for these isotopes to help little kids in hospitals that have like brain cancer nicest, most humblest guy on earth you'd ever imagine. Then he puts on his uniform and takes out his sword and you're like, oh boy, it would be so bad to mess with him. So bad to mess with him. There's a concept that I wanted you to know about. in, Especially in Japanese um, martial arts, especially in the samurai arts, the concept of seme, S-E-M-E, it's It's your presence. It's the ability for a gunslinger in those old Wild West movies to push the doors in the saloon open, and everything stops. The piano player stops. People playing cards, stop. There was a bartender making a story with a cute girl, stops. Everything stops. I'm sure somebody else could have opened the door, faster, harder, stronger, with more noise and authority. Nope. That wasn't what did it. When he comes in and he looks around, and there's not a word that he needs to utter, And nobody is stupid enough to consider messing with him. That's semi. That presence, that confidence that comes from decades of knowing that you've practiced and trained and that no one and nothing can ever possibly take that away from you. That unshakable, unremovable, unquestionable confidence. That exudes out of you. And it's meant to be your ultimate, ultimate self-defense that after a lifetime dedicated to the martial arts, your greatest reward is that you have Semi. So that some person who for whatever reason wished you harm, looked over, was right about to take his sword out, started taking it out, looked at you, saw the look in your face and understood that this would literally be the last thing that they ever do. Are you sure? That this is what you want to do. And when you can come across with that much intent and that much intensity, then the ultimate goal of any martial artist is to never have to punch or kick or draw your sword. It's the life giving sword. I don't need to draw my sword and kill him to prove how tough I was. I proved how tough I was just by looking at him. And he understood holy crap, this guy's going to kill me. Don't even draw. That's the goal. That's the point. That's Semi.
0: So kind of like drawing back on the uh, system of practitioners that uh, the, the grandfather looking kind of guy that just gives you the look that, oh, God, this is going Are to be the sure bad Are you sure you want to do day. this? Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, then obviously, spiritually, mentally, physically, there was a lesson the universe needed to teach you at this moment in time. Luckily, I'm still grandfatherly, so I'm not going to, you know, dislocate things that will never be able to be relocated or break things that will never mend. But there absolutely categorically will be a lesson here because that's what the universe wanted. That's not being funny or weird or, you know, psychic or cosmic or the secret or any crap like that. This is just like you have to logically think. You cross the street and cars are coming. You could get hit you don't have a parachute don't jump genius like there's things that just make sense in the universe and if they don't you should question yourself not the universe that's what i'm talking about when i say things like the universe i mean like the world i mean like the things that are i'm not trying to be cosmic that's you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah cool um just to be clear with all the listeners when we're talking about martial arts we're talking more about um from my understanding, from you, Nitin, and and I, and I hope that we're on the same page with this. Sure. Is that martial art is more than just a physical uh, uh, a physical practice. It's more. It's also a spiritual practice as well. Would you agree with that?
1: Very much so. And the sooner you can get into that, the sooner it changes for you. The more impact it'll have over every aspect of your life. The faster little things like anxiety and depression are just things that you talk about and go. I don't remember what that felt like. Neat, weird just a hat that I wore and that I no longer need to wear doesn't fit me anymore. doesn't suit me. It's incredibly different. If you look at the Western world, we take martial arts in a very arms crossed on your chest. Show me, teach me, explain it to me, justify it to me, prove it to me. And then I'll consider doing it. Your teacher shows you how to punch and says, do this for 10 years. Then you'll know why. And you go, Whoa, 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 I'm in the West. You show me why and you tell me now, right now, or I'm not doing it. It doesn't work like that in the East. You go to the East, you do this for 10 years, then you'll know why. means you do this for 10 years and then you'll know why. And if you didn't do it for 10 years, you know, dummy, don't ask me why and why you don't know why. Because you didn't do it for 10 years. So it's so painful and so simplistic. There's, you know, hard form karate styles where there's this giant rock that's covered in blood. Because the very first thing you do before you start the martial art is break your first two knuckles. And if you can't break them well then you don't get to start the martial art because the first thing you do after you break them is guess what you keep punching them until this forms platelets well that's not fun that's not exciting no have i learned to defend myself yet no so are you telling me so this is i'm getting the spiritual aspect and i got to go through all this crazy emotional that yeah the hardest most painful part right now but after this everything's easy oh yeah and i can literally punch my hand through walls yeah that's got to be pretty cool. Well, yeah, you want to be pretty cool. Well, it comes with this price. So some things take that and only give you that spiritual aspect, third then, fourth then, you know, 10, 20, 15 years later. Other things like that hard style, um, Okinawan karate, that gives it to you up front and it makes a beautiful door. You either pass through that door and you're initiated or you don't. And you can always tell that those that are, because you can see their freaking hands, man. They look like something that punches through something doesn't look normal. My hand doesn't look like that. Your hand doesn't look like that because we don't punch through things on Tuesday afternoon. If we did for 30 years, it would look like that. And that's the beauty. That's back to semi. He doesn't have to tell you crap. Just lifts up his hand. Are you sure you want me to hit you with this? Are you sure? Because I don't have to say anything. I just look at you and be like, "Mm. okay, let's begin.
0: So Yeah, um, actually, my first martial arts was in uh, Shorukan Karate from uh, uh, a sensei that came from Japan in that Heart in style. that area, Okinawa. Good. And that was an interesting four years. You
1: know what I mean by hard style, then?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean by hard style. Most
1: people, and that's hard style. That's not what we were talking about with sistema, where you got hit, you're winded, you can't catch your breath, you stand up to your knees. <laughs> You look up and your instructor's just looking at you like, ready? That's not hard style, the same thing. This is a totally different hard style because he's not waiting for you. And he's not asking you ready. He's coming and hitting you again. And you're going to get more. hurt. And the next day when you wake up really sore and tired, watch out for those spots. Because he is. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> it's like when we say hard style, it's hard style in an all-encompassing way. And the beauty is, is that if we try to make that aspect of our life so insanely difficult, my God, you laugh at every other aspect of your life. (laughs) You giggle at the silly things that used to drive you nuts and frustrate you and used to just rob you of your emotional energy. Those 23 mental, physical, and emotional drills that I created came with working with Olympic athletes when we were trying to figure out why are you wasting emotional energy? What is your activation level? If you're you're like a, a competitive hockey player, and you're on the ice, you need to be at a 7, 8 out of 10, or you're going to get killed. If you're at a 3 or 4 out of 10, you're going to get killed. If you're a competitive chess player, and you're at a 7 or 8 out of 10, you're going to get killed. You're going to make a mistake. You need to be at a 3 or 4 out of 10. If you don't, you're going way too quick, and you're going to get killed. So you, as somebody who's an elite athlete, need to know what activation level you need to be at, number one. Number two, you need to know what level you're at right now it's good for you that you know that you need to be at a seven out of 10. You don't know that you're currently at a four out of 10. You're screwed. And likewise, it's good for you that, you know, you need to be at a seven out of 10 and congrats, you know, you're at a four out of 10. If you don't know what to do to get to a seven out of 10, you're screwed. That's where these exercises came in. That's, I wrote a book on them published in 2007. We actually have version two uh, being republished now in the next, in uh, 2021. Nice. So it's a, uh, a peak performance mental training program where we talk about the mental is is the biggest part of it, the emotional, the spiritual, the personal mastery exercises inside that get you to confront your stuff. Before all of this stuff makes sense, it has to be up here and then in here.
0: Um, my next question actually has two two. Two ways we're going to attack this. One is going to be the way that I was thinking about it, and the other one is the way this conversation is going. So, the first one martial arts could become very expensive for people Mm -hmm. with, you know, with everything, with gear, with tests, with tournaments. What's the one thing that you could tell somebody who wants to get started but can't afford it? And that afford, and this okay. expense has two different levels. One is the financial, and the other one is a physical, spiritual level. So let's, let's okay. attack the finance one first.
1: Sure. Two levels on the finance one. YouTube, that's quick and easy. There's so much basic, and again, we're not talking about what's right. Just like I'm not trying to perfectly teach you that, Kata. If you got the moves wrong, but you remembered that concentrating your body and tightening every motion, that was important if you remembered that every movement gets an in or an out breath, that was important. So much more that I could literally almost let you make up the moves. Are you trying to study this particular style? No. Well, good. Cause otherwise I'd be disrespectful, but if you're not trying to study this style and if you're definitely not stupid enough thinking you're learning self-defense and you're going to be able to defend yourself with this, then this is an incredibly beneficial exercise purely physically. doesn't matter what freaking movements you do. Tight, constrict, breathe in and out is incredibly beneficial. The longer you can do it, the more benefit you get. Free. Watch a YouTube video. Again, if you're not trying to teach a specific style, if you're not trying to be true to form, don't worry about that, man. You're not out of school. You're not in a dojo. You're not out of style. You don't have a sensei. You don't pick a master. Your sifu is not around. So get what you get, and YouTube is your sensei. Don't delude yourself thinking you can defend yourself. Don't delude yourself thinking you're a true martial artist or that you're ready for anything other than what you're getting, which is the best thing you can get right now for free. The other thing, and I'll mention it briefly in my academy, in the essential academy, essentialacademy.org. There is a new section that will be opening up as a tribute to my sensei. He asked because his sensei trained him for free and he said, in return, I want to make sure that you never charge for your services. So my sensei's taught all of us for free. We pitch in a small amount. It's a nonprofit to actually rent the gym at um, um, what do you call it? One of the local college campuses here, but other than the cost of renting the gym for his instruction, there's no cost. There's no charge. And that's a promise that he honors that is so important to honor and remember. These are the things that make you and define you. And I wanted to see if I could add to that and say, well, then you know what, let me put up a nonprofit, no cost section in the Essential Academy that'll be specifically dedicated to sharing the beauty of Iaido with the world so that they can see Mokuyobi uh, Shinden Urayu Iaido and they can see our style and it'll be taught for free for the world. And if you don't have a sword, get a stick. If you don't have a stick, find one. So no excuses. You don't have a belt, get a belt, get a string, do something. There's nothing holding you back if you don't want there to be
0: actually really 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 like that because so many times not i don't know how it is in where you are but here in toronto like everybody has uh monetized it a little bit too much and yeah. it takes away from what martial arts is supposed to do and so it's for me like i grew up I, i've been practicing martial arts on and off since i was eight years old me too oh eight. yeah it's yeah. funny <laughs> And, um, as I get older, I start to realize what martial arts really is. And it's more of a, it's more of a spiritual journey rather than a physical journey. It's, it's a journey inside yourself to, 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 to really see what irks me. What does this do? What does that do? What does this do? So, um, which kind of takes me on my next question. With the whole thing with katas, I've never been a fan of katas. But now, like looking at a kata, I can see that it's not just a physical conditioning to teach the body and the coordination, but would you also agree that it is a form of meditation?
1: Oh, if you're doing it right, 100%. When I do an iaido kata, I'm I'm imagining a, a techie, an opponent. I'm imagining someone who's literally my height, my size, so that if the goal is to hit to the nose, I don't have to imagine some nose, I just hit to my own nose. I know exactly where that is. Knowing that there's someone there and at one, two, three, fourth degree black belt is when the imagining really, really starts to come in. I can see it. I can smell it. I can taste it. I can touch it. I'm spoiled. I'm a medical hypnotherapist. So visualizing and guided visualizing that stuff easy for me. I'm like, holy crap, it's terrifying. Guys are watching me going, do you really see this guy? It's amazing. So the point of, of the kata, um, in the movement, let's say my first movement, I sense that he comes at me. And there's no reason for him. He cocked his gun when we're just sitting here having tea. And there's no reason to. So my first motion, I still dispatched him, but I give him a chance. It might just be a cut. Just a chance for him to still live if he still comes at me then i raise slide forward and deliver the storm cut the death blow it's at that point afterwards that i've dispatched my enemy he's done so i could for all intents and purposes just shake off my sword put it away okay i'm good i'm done don't forget some lunch but instead i don't i don't because At the moment that that happens, and he's dispatched, I've now taken a life. And in this imagining, in this mind's eye, in this kata, in this meditation, I have respect. I have respect for the life that I just took. And I take a moment. And that's what the ochiburi is. The drawing and the shaking off of the blood. You'll still have blood on the end. Take one piece of olive oil on the end of your sword, no matter how hard you shake it, it'll still stay there. This is ceremonial, this is symbolic. You'd actually have to wipe it if you genuinely want to release it. But in that time that it takes to do this, you pay your tribute to the soul that you just took. You give yourself over to the act that you just committed. And all of it happens in here. So yeah, I would 100% agree with you that the meditation of the kata is the most significant part to the point that the, mov- the movements, not nearly.
0: Looking at a social aspect of how the world is today, do you think or do you feel that this is what's missing, that we don't have respect for the other souls that are out there?
1: Yes, and it comes from lack of respect of ourselves.
0: They're difficult
1: if you don't feel good about you, to so like somebody else. It's a lot easier to feel petty, jealousy, picking, poking, knitting. It's not the same. You feel good about you. You're not looking to pick and poke and bother somebody else. You know what I mean? I feel good about me. I'm like, I'm comfortable with me. So I don't need to worry. I'm like, hey, this guy calls himself a fitness guru, but he's 20 pounds overweight. Or this guy's a hypnotist, but he, I saw him smoking a cigarette. Or you know what I mean? Like my lawyer uh, is charged with fraud and my accountant's going bankrupt. Like, you know what I mean? Like those inconsistencies, that, that's human. That's normal that's the kind of stuff to watch out for but it's it's not the end of the world it's part of that human nature it's much scarier to think that we're infallible and that we don't have those things like we all get sad once in a while we all can let that sadness stay long enough there's a very big difference between pain and suffering very big difference i snap my finger right now that's pain but i can't pull a lid or draw a sword or pull a gun And it hurts me every time for the next 10 years that that's suffering. And a lot of people put themselves in their own suffering. There's an event that happened to you in the nicest way. Get over it. Because if you don't get over it, then you're reliving that pain. And you're just causing yourself to suffer for nothing. Stop it. Just stop it. It's as literally as easy and as hard as that is for you to get a hold of and wrap your, your arms around, wrap your hands. Wrap your head around the second you say, stop it. You stop it period.
0: And this can also go for like people who are too cocky about themselves. Is this how you would help balance them? Like how would you balance somebody who becomes over exuberant
1: too cocky is one of those things that you would think that the knee-jerk reaction is to like find somebody who can you know put them in their place kind of thing no that just makes them more costly. like oh i guess i'm not as good as i thought i'll go back work harder to get better to come beat this guy that you just got to beat me in whatever capacity whether beat me up or beat me at this event or beat me in any way no it's about them becoming very personalized and understanding that nobody's like nobody gets out of this life alive N- nobody's bigger than this life and no man is an island. And if you're genuinely stuck in your own personal goals and there's something that you can do all by yourself, well, then your goals aren't big enough. We need people. And if you could pick something bigger and go outside yourself and bigger than yourself, like I did with the academy, not just me being a coach, but getting a bunch of incredible coaches together, that's the difference. That's where progress equals happiness. That's what changes the internal thinking. That's what gets you to stop thinking about these other things because you're so focused and so busy because you're so purpose driven and you have such clarity in your life because there's no room. There's no other time. You start getting busy about one or two, three things. There's no room for five, six, seven, eight.
0: Yep. Amen to that one. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to be wrapping it up in a bit. Uh, I always ask my, my, uh, my, People that come on my show, these uh, these seven questions, uh, starting off with with the increase of in people suffering from depression from the lockdown. What will be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up?
1: Mm, this too will end. A hundred years ago, we had a Spanish flu. It was significantly worse, lasted significantly longer, and killed hundred million people, which is significantly worse than the hundred thousand in the US is a hundred thousand like it's it's much, much worse. And we're here. The world moved on. So this too will pass.
0: Awesome. Uh where do you see uh the Essentials Academy in five years?
1: A mm, hundred instructors, a thousand courses, a hundred thousand students.
0: That's very specific. That's very good. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Just off the top of my head, John. <laughs>
0: uh, what about you personally? Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Mm. Hopefully working that four hours a day, four days a week, very happy with my wife and daughter who's 10 years old going on 20 as most daughters are. If you have one, you know exactly what I mean. So I want to be in that happy sunny place.
0: That's awesome. Uh, If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself?
1: I would tell myself to focus less on the things that I thought were so important back then and more on the things that didn't seem sexy. I would focus so much more on the how so specific, so pragmatic, so technical, the books, the information, the way that I tried to digest information was just to get technically better at anything, at any skill. And very rarely, if I ever saw anything that would tell me about the why to do that, how would I be interested? I'd be like, no, 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 give crap about the why. Show me how to do this, man. People bah, 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 and talk about the why all the time. No, no, no. I don't want to care about the why. Give me the, give me the how. And now I could give a crap about the how. I could go Google the freaking how on just about anything on earth. Now I care about the why.
0: Looking back, would you change anything? No, I wouldn't be here talking to you today if I did. (laughs) That's easy. I like that. I like that one too. Uh, What keeps you up at night?
1: Having a 10-year-old daughter going on 20. (laughs) (laughs) We We all have life, death, family, friends. Really trying to, you know, at the end of this life you give your your body back it's kind of like a rental car do you want to bring it back all steam cleaned and pristine and you know full of gas and there you go for the next guy if that's the way it works or do you want to bring it back like one of those horrible rental case scenarios where it's just been trashed and smashed but oh my god does it have stories to tell because it lives such an incredible such an eventful such an impactful life
0: yeah yeah. So you're in agreement with me that this, okay. Cause I have this thing that my body belongs to this earth and my spirit belongs to the universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have nothing. I own nothing. That the only thing that I take with me is my experiences and how I treat people. Would you agree with that? Something like that?
1: Sure. Where do you figure that middle place is? Between your body, which is connected to the earth and your spirit, which is connected to the sky, there's got to be that one little link. Where's that repository to leave all these magical thoughts, feelings, and experiences? The mind. Mind would be your way to understand between what the hell your body's yelling, screaming, and telling at you and between what your spirit wants and its nearest physical equivalent that it's trying to give you based on watching you do repetitive actions and patterns and habit forming for the last 20, 30 days in a row. And what it focuses where your attention shows is where your focus goes and where it goes is where your subconscious starts creating the process of manifestation. That's why the mind is such an incredible, incredible servant, but what a shitty master.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, where can people find more about you? <clears throat>
1: I'm available over at www.essentialacademy.org. That's me. That's my crew. Come join us. If you feel that you're someone special at the top 1% of your game, with something very unique and special the refs of the world needs to know, and not just everyone in the world. It could be a very specific group of people in the world. Take a look. Give us a shout. I'd love to speak with you.
0: And for everybody out there listening or watching all his uh, social media contacts will be uh, attached with in the show notes so it's easy access to go see Natan I visited his site uh, quite a few times and it's very 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 impressive what he's trying to do thank you Um, any final thoughts
1: I thank you so much for the opportunity it's very rare that People come to me, I've done some other interviews, and usually it's, you know, your head and your heart in the right place, or it's coming from a a therapy or a performance coach background. It's almost never that I touch upon my martial arts, and it's really the foundation of everything. It's the reason that I was able to become an elite athlete and get through the painful parts and the mental challenging parts and all of that. It's the reason when I was 24 years old and I went through my own personal depression and I had a nervous breakdown and I was frauded and I lost all my worldly possessions and everything else that happened, how I came back and how I was able to rebuild myself from a financial advisor who was just focused on money to a medical hypnotherapist and a mental training specialist who was just focused on helping others. And how after 20, 30 years, the needle stopped going back and forth. And I finally found a very happy middle ground right now where I am and what I'm doing.
0: Well, um, yeah that's the thing that's the reason why i asked you to come on here because i knew a little bit of your of your of your history from uh the questionnaire that i sent you and uh, i'm like okay this is something very similar to what happened to me not exactly but something similar and it was the martial arts that got you out of here out of it and i know how powerful martial arts really is and that's why i wanted you to come on so you can uh, share your story and how important martial arts really is to yourself and just your energy just behind it was just so powerful so thank you i thank you i thank you thank you so much for saying yes and coming on my show i I am truly grateful for you for you to share your experiences with me and with everybody listening wonderful if you ever
1: need me back again i'm here for you john
0: Awesome, awesome. I will probably ask you to come back on to follow up to see how the Essential Academy is doing. Wonderful, we appreciate it. Right now we're in phase one
1: where we're launching and it's exclusively open to instructors just to onboard their courses. Phase two is when we open the doors to the students, which should be very exciting, probably around um, American Thanksgiving.
0: Awesome, Uh, we'll we'll keep everybody informed as well. Wonderful. Uh, Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world.